Welcome to August 24th, which this year falls on a Tuesday. So, by extension, welcome to Tuesday, too. Unless you're listening to this on a different day, and I cannot ascertain when that might be because I am not an omniscient narrator. I am a time traveler of sorts, though, and in this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, we travel to events on August 10th and August 17th in order to get ready for future discussions about housing. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and thanks for listening. On today's show, a preview of two Piedmont Housing Alliance projects that go before Charlottesville's Planning Commission later on today, and a quick review of the Charlottesville Housing Advisory Committee meeting from last week. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, help support Black-owned businesses in the Charlottesville area. Check out the Charlottesville Black Business Directory at seavilleblackbiz.com and choose between a variety of goods and services, ranging from beauty supplies, professional services, and e-commerce. Visit seavilleblackbiz.com as soon as you can to get started. The Virginia Department of Health's COVID tracker is functional again, and today the agency reports another 3,027 cases, and the seven-day percent positivity of test results is 9.7%. Nationwide, over 150,000 COVID cases have been reported in the last day. There are 43 new cases in the Blue Ridge Health District, where the percent positivity is 5.1%. But the rest of today's stories are all about housing. Tonight, the Charlottesville Planning Commission will hold a preliminary discussion on two rezoning proposals from the Piedmont Housing Alliance to build a variety of affordable housing types. In one, 50 age-restricted units would be built on vacant land at the Park Street Christian Church, and in the other, 95 units would be built on the campus of the Monticello Area Community Action Agency. Both projects have been designed by BRW Architects and engineered by the Timmons Group. There was a community meeting for the two rezonings on August 10th. Let's hear about the Park Street Christian Church first from architect Bruce Wardell. The property itself is at the edge of a, of a fairly uh, well-organized neighborhood. The church, for those of you that are familiar with the site, the church sort of sits at the top of the, top of the site and then the land uh, slopes off pretty steeply uh, to Park Street. As a result, the project will need a critical slopes waiver. They'll also need a rezoning to planned unit development, as well as a sidewalk waiver to avoid having to build a pathway on the eastern side of Park Street. In order to, to build a sidewalk along that edge of the property, would, you, we would need to disturb a fairly significant part of that the, the woods and the, and the uh, wooded area coming down to the side of that street. The 50 housing units themselves would be built on a terraced area in between the church and Park Street. These buildings will be essentially, um, uh, uh, essentially invisible from the neighborhood. This will be 100% affordable housing for seniors. It will be targeted at 60% of the area median income or below, which in this area is a... Is a uh, uh, an annual salary of about $45,000 for a family of two. And the structure for this is that the rent will be less than 30% of their, 
uh, their monthly income. The second Piedmont Housing Alliance project that will be before the Planning Commission also involves BRW and Timmins, but also includes Habitat for Humanity of Greater Charlottesville. Wardell said providing affordable housing units is one goal. Uh, and some and some uh, mixed use and some uh, market rate homes and some uh, habitat homes in 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 the, uh, in the in the in the project. In order to secure low-income housing tax credits to finance the project, rezoning approval needs to be in place by next March in order to meet a deadline from the entity formerly known as the Virginia Housing Development Authority. We have current zoning that's there. But as everybody knows, we are also right in the middle of a, of, a, of a very enthusiastic discussion about future land use and future zoning in the city. And, um, and so currently the site is zoned R1. The draft future land use map depicts the land as neighborhood mixed use node. The application is for planned unit development, a district that would be customized for this site. There'll be 85 affordable units, eight market rate units, with uh, two existing market rate uh, homes that are the existing homes. And then there's a f- affordable home ownership that's part of this, which is 20 townhomes and duplexes uh, that will, uh, will be um, uh, focused on folks from 30 to 60% of the a- area median income. Tonight's discussion before the Charlottesville Planning Commission is a preliminary one, but they will take public comment. A public hearing will be scheduled in the future. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time now for another reader-supported announcement. The nonprofit group Resilient Virginia works to inform decision makers and officials about how to prepare for a changing world. They're holding their annual event virtually this year, and I'll have a few stories from it. But you have the chance to attend. The Resilient Recovery Conference will take place the mornings of August 25th, August 26th, and August 27th. Take a look at the details of the event as well as pricing at resilientvirginia.org. Moving ahead now to a week later from August 10th on all Moving ahead now to a week later, August 17th, when the Charlottesville Housing Advisory Committee met for what Chair Phil Deronzio said would be a light agenda. The meeting was filled with information, however. Looking ahead to a week from today, Outgoing Neighborhood Development Services Director Alex Ikafuna gave an update on the development of the future land use map and the comprehensive plan. There is a work session scheduled with the Planning Commission on the 31st of this month. Uh, Subsequent after that uh, work session, uh, there will be a meeting with the steering committee and uh, there might be some more changes based on the outcome of the meeting with the Planning Commission uh, at the end of this month on the 31st. The material for that meeting is not yet available. You can register in advance, though. There's a link in the newsletter. The City Council and the Planning Commission will hold a joint meeting in October, at which they are expected to make a recommendation to the elected officials on how to proceed with the comprehensive plan. Uh, We are looking at completing all this before um, Christmas. You know, hopefully, um, Mm -hmm. once we get to take a shot, 
you know, uh, on the uh, adoption of the comprehensive plan uh, sometime uh, uh, between November ending and uh, uh, Christmas. After that, the Seville Plans Together initiative will turn to a rewrite of the zoning ordinance. In March, the council adopted an affordable housing plan that influenced the development of the future land use map and will do the same with the zoning code. The hack also got a brief update on the University of Virginia's pledge to build up to 1,500 affordable homes on land that it either owns or its real estate foundation owns. The campaign kicked off a public input session in April, as I reported back then. UVA has hired Northern Real Estate Urban Ventures to conduct the work, with Principal Gina Merritt leading the initiative. Alice Rocher is the architect at the University of Virginia. Um, We have kicked off a listening tour with Gina um, with two goals, to inform the development principles that will guide the developer's work and understand where UVA's initiative can fit in and be complementary to existing efforts uh, in the city and the county. Rauscher said they've listened to dozens of groups and individuals, and several themes are emerging. There may be funding gaps, even with low-income housing tax credits, and we need to figure out what the university um, uh, will do about that. We, we don't have an answer just yet. Rauscher said the consultant team has been doing due diligence on land owned by the university or its foundation. Our findings will be discussed internally and with the advisory group and more information will be shared publicly this fall. UVA will contribute the land, and a third-party developer will actually build the units. You can find out more information on the project's website, and uh, there's a link in the newsletter. And as mentioned, the City Council adopted an affordable housing plan in March. Some next questions are how it will be implemented, and how that implementation will be measured. A draft implementation spreadsheet was discussed at the hack meeting. Here's the chair, Phil Duranzio. And the idea here is that this is a useful um, base of operations. And as we build out and fill this out, it's going to uh, produce the need for specific work product uh, as we move forward. The current draft of the spreadsheet is not an official tool, but one governance recommendation within it is for the city to hire a housing coordinator to oversee all of the various initiatives underway. The spreadsheet assigns that goal to Sam Sanders, the new deputy city manager. Under funding recommendations is this specific goal. Dedicate $10 million per year to fund affordable housing to 1. Increase the number of subsidized affordable homes by 1,100 homes. Two, preserve 600 existing subsidized affordable homes. Three, stabilize 1,800 to 2,200 owner and renter households facing housing instability. But who should be tracking that information? As mentioned, the city has not had a housing coordinator for a year. The last person who had that job now runs the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. The person before that is now Albemarle County's housing coordinator. Sam Sanders just started work as the deputy city manager, and Alex Ikafuna's replacement as NDS director doesn't start work until September. City Council has spent about $165,000 to create an inclusionary zoning program and to track funding spent through the existing Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund. But who should do the tracking of implementation now? 
Hack member Dan Rosenzweig is also president and CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Greater Charlottesville. In a really general sense, boiled down, I, I don't know that our that we have many other options other than to jump in and support staff um, as uh, our senior leadership team in the city um, rebuilds the infrastructure in City Hall, um, adds people, adds staff on the housing side. Sanders welcomed assistance from members of the hack, especially in terms of potential recommendations for next year's budget. Being perfectly honest with you and trying to remain the straight shooter that I promise to always be, if I had to timeline this and staff handle it, uh, we probably would not have it done by the end of the year. For the full story, watch the entire meeting, which is under an hour. Take advantage of these meetings being virtual while it lasts, because otherwise you'll have to attend in person. And with the pandemic surge increasing, it looks like we'll be doing that for a while. So you may as well pay attention now. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a program that does seek to bring your attention to a lot of different issues that are going on in this community. We have problems. Can we find solutions? Uh, That's sort of the hope for a lot of people, and especially that is uh, what I'd like to track myself. Uh, Think of this show as one weird spreadsheet in my head, and you guys get to uh, see bits of it as I implement it, even though I have no idea how a pivot table works. I do know how this business works, and of course it is a business, and if you would like to help financially support this program, one great way to do that is to sign up through Substack, $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year. I'd really like to thank the people who did so this past weekend. It really does help. Um, I might start mentioning your names possibly in the future because, again, people really are listening to this program and it is becoming something that I'm committed to doing well into the future. And uh, really glad that Ting will match all of that subscription, uh, part of their commitment to local journalism and this community. So thank you to Ting for that. Uh, I'm Sean Tubbs, and I need to get on with the rest of the day because there's a lot more to get back to as we continue on through this column of time that is provided by Charlottesville Community Engagement. Please stay safe out there, and um, you know what that means. See you next time.